Episode 51, The Heart of Sorrow, Part 1. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Metreon, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Deer. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back, everyone, to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top gothic horror campaign. I'm Dragna Carta, your host and DM, and it has been a heck of a long minute since we've last spoken. It's been, uh, how long has it been? Like, two months at this point? I thought it was like a week. I... Yeah, just a week. What game is yeah, this? Been a week. Is this Curse of Strahd? I've, I've oh, right. Busy. No, we're doing Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, Wait, I thought we God. I thought we were doing Honey Heist again. Wait... Right, fuck. Shit, I need to get my bear together. I need to get I mean, my bearings. I completely remember everything, but like, just which one am I? I think you're the, the elf. You, you're the you're the Irish one, I think. No, you're oh. Strahd. Oh, okay, good, good. Strahd. Is this gonna be a Sleepy Hollow homage at this point? Wait, yeah. yes. what year yeah. is it? I mean, what year? What? Oh, God, it's 2022. What year? Wait, no, it literally it? is next year. Fuck. I'm not trying to remember how to do a southern accent, and I'm a southerner. That scares me. <laughs> well, that's a good time, but it's good to be back. Uh, it has been far too long since we've been in Castle Ravenloft, and I'm excited to finally get back on trap to... Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, how did you put it earlier, Serena? Get this moldy vampire bread? Uh, yes, that is correct. I did say get this moldy vampire bread. Wonderful. I am so, I am slightly unnerved by the fact that Dragnon just said get back on trap. Trap, yeah. Yes. Wait, yeah, what, what? I yeah. Freudian you, slip much? I don't think it was a Freudian slip. I think it was a threat. I think it was a direct okay. threat. Look, we're, we're in Ravenloft. We know. We know what we're getting into. Do we? Do we really? Uh, yes. I mean, Thanks we should. To Rahadin, now we really do. Well, we should also probably know, just given the fact that we, you know. We run this, but it's fine. Well, I you think I remember Curse of Strahd? <laughs> eh, you do your best. Fair enough. In any case, I think we are all very happy to be back. At least I am. And, well, the rest of you are just uh, figments of my imagination anyway, so that's fine. On that note, I think we're good to dive right in. So, with that, let's... Jump in and get started with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrilai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day -day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, 
can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface. In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metreon. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely. The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lilisen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself, and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her. Amity, a terrifying deviloid with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. Erythrandir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite got enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time. And welcome back, everyone. So, diving right back in. Last we left off on Curse of Strahd, twice bitten. In preparation for their final day, their assault upon Castle Ravenloft, their confidence steeled and their wills prepared, and their bellies filled by a hero's feast courtesy of Amity and a spell scroll obtained from the Abbey of St. Markovia, our companions set off to Castle Ravenloft, escorted via the black carriage to its dark, stormy courtyards, and making their way to the rear garden in the overlook that looked down upon the dreary village of Barovia far below. There they rappelled down by rope, guided by Davian's wings, to the crypts of King Barov and Queen Ravenovia. Upon ascending further, they entered the catacombs, the crypts of Castle Ravenloft itself, and therein uncovered a wealth of information, items, and dangers. As Lilison, with Erthrandir's assistance, obtained a strange magical blade, exploring and finding within teleportation traps and the holy symbol of Ravenkind that they had sought, as well as enchanted plate armor once belonging to a man named Sergei von Zarevich. The companions continued to explore repossessing, or am I, a less charitable interpretation might say looting, no judgment, a number of magic items from the catacombs, including a thigh bone belonging to St. Markovia possessed of some holy power in vengeance against the vampires that populated the castle, a number of spell, spell scrolls and other items, and then through fey teleportation and an orthodox use of a rowboat, 
entered Strahd's very tomb, there endueling a trio of vampiric brides and destroying Strahd's own coffin. Therein, at Amity's direction and after a brief false start, the companion summoned a Dybbuk, a foul spirit-like demon that possessed the corpse of Rahadin, which they had lugged all the way from the Amber Temple, and entrapping it with Esmeralda's magic circle, the companions obtained a broad knowledge of Strahd's capabilities, the traps and magic items of the castle, and even a rough map of the entirety of Castle Ravenloft from the residual knowledge contained within the corpse of Strahd's Chamberlain. Thereafter, the party continued onward to Petrina's crypt in effort to assist Casimir in his endeavor to resurrect her. But were surprised when, upon opening the crypt's door, a banshee burst free, knocking several of their allies unconscious with an unearthly wail. Together, the companions managed to overcome the banshee, but afterwards confronted Casimir, who eventually admitted that it was by his hand, not Strahd's, that Petrina had been slain all those centuries ago, with a goal of preventing her willful transformation into a vampiric archmage. The companions Righteous suspicion and reluctance to allow him to continue made manifest, Casimir charged forward in a final reckless endeavor to bring about that goal and was knocked unconscious on the ground, beginning to bleed out onto the floors of the catacombs of Castle Ravenloft. And so, we find ourselves and our heroes wounded, quieted, chilled, Far below the pillar stone of Castle Ravenloft as the flickering torches of the catacombs and the ever-present chittering and rustling of the bats atop the crypt ceiling overhead fill the air, and for a moment, there is only silence. Yeah, at uh, some point, um, Metreon, who's hiding behind one of the crypts with... Uh... Arena starts to painful and just pained and strange. Starts to scoot closer to her. Uh, oh, you're right. She nods, looking a bit unsteady. I, I think I am for now. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, I feel her ass. Uh, yeah, and um, he uh, just pats her on the shoulder, and he's gonna give her some healing. She will. Gratefully accepted. She is at four hit points. How much healing are you given? Uh, let me just double check what my dice is. Uh, ah, okay, it's a d6. She gets three. Nice. She will happily take them. Erethendir looks down at the elf, slumped at his feet. His expression torn between horror and just rage. And then he sighs, pulls out a healer's kit from his bag, and bends down to stop him from bleeding out. Stupid motherfucker. He, and he's, uh, going, ooh, go ahead. He, he's going to stabilize Casimir, but not bring him back up. Just stop him from bleeding out. Lillison stares between Erthrandir and Kiva, and then at... Casimir, and then back to Erethrindir and Kiva, and says, What was that?
You know, at this point, I'm not fucking sure. He was gonna resurrect an Archmage, and he was gonna go do that, and... I don't fucking know. We needed to talk, and he was just rushing off to get this done. I was trying to stop him. That's all. Kiva, whose chest is just sort of heaving with, uh, like, leftover adrenaline, she's still gripping the sun sword in the same place that it was when she uh, struck Casimir, just looks between Lilithin and Erthrandir, um, and then just walks away. She's going to go take a take a walk. Resurrecting his sister, the thing that we brought him here for. I'm aware. And we also just found out the man's a murderer. We cannot necessarily trust his intentions. Half of us here are murderers by now. Not in the same way. He killed his sister because he might, she might have been about to do something horrible. I feel like you'd be sympathetic to that not being a good thing to do to somebody. Lillison's eyes are going cold by now, and she glances towards where um, where Kiva is like walking off between the crypts, and she just says quietly, I don't have a particular reason to care about what he might or might not have done in the past. I need to get out of here, and I will use him, or anybody else, to do that. Deer takes a long breath. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. But we can't risk it. He's a liability at this point. And just put him in a fucking crypt then. Let's go. That's that's what I was thinking, unless anybody objects. You just hear Kiva, like, chuckle incredibly darkly um, as she goes over and joins Metreon and Irina. What's Amity up to? Is Amity conscious? Are we all conscious? Uh, barely, yes. Um... <laughs> I guess Amity's opinion is, uh, if, if you want to use your magic, um, Lillison, to make him follow us and uh, help us out, then by all means. But otherwise, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I can do that. But if you would all rather put him in a crypt, leave him, not knowing when he might wake up or what he might try when he does, then we can leave this behind us as well. I see what you're saying, but on the other hand, I do not want a barely mind-controlled lunatic walking behind us with access to more powerful magic than any of us have. That seems like a low percentage play. 
Willison shrugs and uh, moves to rest her back against one of the uh, one of the crypt doors nearby. Fine, fucking fine. Uh, all right, anti-caster measures it is. Tie the hands, gag the mouth, steal his spell focus, get his spell book. As Erethendir busies himself with tying Casimir up. Easy enough to do. He is entirely slack at this point, stable, mm-hmm. but remaining unconscious, and you are able to do that pretty efficiently within the space of a minute or so. Good. Aerith's going to do all that he's described, and then pick him up, carry him to one of the empty tombs, probably the one that had his own name on it, and lay him carefully on the slab. We'll be back. We're not leaving you here to die. I promise. And he will shift the stone closed. It thuds shut with some exertion, leaving his unconscious body entrapped within the dark confines of the crypt. Well, now that we found out that one of the few people who've been altruistic to us was, in fact, doing so for his own means and never had any intention of helping us. We probably... Shall we take a moment? Because half of y'all look like death. Hey, you don't look too keen yourself, then, all right? Was... No fair. I'm sorry. I just... He rubs at his temples. I'm oh, sorry. I'll get it. It's... Yes, I, I could use a bit of a, of, of a windbreak. All right. Wait, that didn't come out right. No, uh, I, I get what you mean. And then there you hear a, bit, a little bit of a fart. Oh, fuck off! Can you not... Erthodir is trying to hold back a laugh. There's a breeze, at least. I'm sorry, Arena. Didn't mean to do it at downwind. She just tell... gives you a look and then rolls her eyes. Tell you what, the people who weren't unconscious can stand guard while everybody else gets a chance to recover. How does that sound? Certainly. I'll, uh... I can do that first. Great. Kiva, uh, just looks over and is just like, I reckon I feel better than both of you do. I should take first watch. Works for me. Thank you. And Kiva? Thanks. I, I don't know what that fucker would have done if he'd managed to. Thank you. Look. And she looks like she is, like, searching for something to respond. And there's, like, definitely a struggle in her face. And she just looks into your eyes and, and nods and then settles down to uh, to take first watch. Earth nods back and slumps down near the crypts. Are okay. Deviant and, and Esmeralda up as well? I believe that due to the spell, everyone is back up. Esmeralda didn't faint, but Davian did. They are the entire party, take. except for those few, are at four hit points. Uh, yeah. as ha- has 10 plus whatever she had because Kiva healed her. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. made out. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Alright, I'll note that down. 
and I think we're good otherwise. So your short rest begins. Over the course of the next hour or so, you linger amongst the catacombs, doing your best to bandage yourselves, repair any wounds that you've taken, and just calming yourselves, catching your breaths, and preparing your wills for what comes ahead. Is there anything in particular that you would like to do during this time? Was Irina or Kiva wounded at all? Like, physically wounded? Kiva was, yeah. Um, so, uh, during this, uh, rest, this is, this qualifies as a short rest mechanically, right? Because I, I need it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so looking over at Kiva, who's clearly, uh, winded and, and battered, uh, Metreon, who I forget, but I don't remember, uh, if I established that he has a mohawk now. But he does. Uh, Incredible. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, he shaved it in preparation for this. You know, it was kind of like the there was a montage. Um, but that was before we got to the castle. Anyway, uh, he will uh, take off his signature teal green uh, bandana. Uh, and when he does, uh, those, of, those who are around would see uh, that his horns have been uh, clipped, filed down to nubs. And uh, he will kind of start to tie off the area where, um, at least a small area where Kiva might have taken a wound. Kiva sort of startles at the contact at first because she's sort of zoned out. And then she just, she looks over and uh, she like holds up a hand. Um, almost like in the air, just sort of like, feels the absence of horn and just uh, then lowers her hand and just says thank you I don't do just make sure you give it back of course besides uh, we'll trade for the glasses then no no the glasses was free (laughs) Amity how are you doing over there? Um, I feel like my blood is stuck, but uh, I'm warming up. Uh, what's with your horns? Oh, uh, I got them taken out. Well, not taken out, but just uh, keep them clip. You know, just uh, keep. Well, it did keep. Uh, my disguise is a bit more, um, well, you know, it's easier to make yourself look like a human when you don't got weird black curly horns coming up the top of your head. And, yeah. Should I be attention. offended by this? Also, I thought you could look like in anyone. Well, I mean, now I can. I couldn't when I was living in water deep, you know, I just paint myself up. But, you know, uh, it's kind of a distinct feature if you got them. You know, I, it was never as big as yours, but they was there, and I just didn't want them. Well, I, I guess if you're just uh, trying to disguise yourself as, as humans are thought, then that makes sense. Yeah, 
you see uh, at that uh, there's this moment of just almost melancholy uh, in his expression uh, when you talk about him wanting to look human or just using these this as an excuse to disguise himself as human um, but uh, with that he'll uh, kind of like not stand up but like almost crawl uh, over towards Davian and Esmeralda boy Birdman he looks up at you and grunts hey what is it well I mean you know, you know, one of the keepers, right? You got, you got ideas about tactics, yeah. You know what I mean, we, we go up there, we get that heart. I mean, is there anything else we need to prepare for? I mean, he gives a sharp bark of laughter. Lad, my people have been, my family has been collecting intel for centuries, and what you just got out of that fucking corpse makes everything that we found look like a few grains of sand next to a bloody mountain. I've provided what I can, but from here... I think you've got a pretty good path ahead. The question becomes whether or not we can make it to the end, and whether or not we'll have any surprise guests along the way. But I'm a spy, lad. I ain't no bloody general. Well, then if you're a spy, I mean, maybe there's something we could do... Tact, you know, tactically to get up to their heart and not be seen. I mean, you know, we, we, we ain't doing the best at you know, just coming in guns blazing. I mean, what if there's more of whatever she was? He narrows his eyes. Hmm. I suppose if you're looking to make sure you're not surprised by anything, I wouldn't mind taking an ape ahead every so often. But I'm going to need some form of insurance in case I run into that fucking vampire. I ain't gonna last very long if he's waiting around the next corner. Yeah, yeah, me, I got you. I don't think any of us want you to die immediately, anyway. <laughs> Appreciate the word of the support. Yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot. And he slaps him on the shoulder, and he'll give him a, a hit. Uh, he'll give him a point of uh, healing light. Okay, what is it? Uh, just like one hit hit point? Uh, it's gonna be three. Oh, uh, he's actually almost up to full from hit from hit dice. So no, no he got to. it. It's fine. Well, well, thank you. We'll take okay. that. He is squishier than all of us, so quite. Yes. All this is happening. All of us, really? Most of us. He's squishier than you at the moment. Oh. Hmm. Earth is giving the world's least enthusiastic, inspiring speech. Like deadpan, <laughs> monotone. But somehow it works. Somehow it gets into your brains and all of you get 13 temporary points. Is that everyone here or like up to a certain number? That's everyone. If I, Jesus it's Christ. Ten, yep. Welcome to the experience of having a Twilight Cleric. If we still right. have temp HP from the last time, does it stack or does it replace? It replaces it. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. I just have to do it before this long rest ends. So I'm doing it before this long rest ends. Very good. And is Amity using Song of Rest? Uh, yeah. Um, just doing some sort of background humming slash beatboxing to Aerith from Deer's extremely inspiring speech. <laughs> so everyone gets an additional D8. Excellent. Do you mind going oh that for God. us? Oh, my God. Oh, it's the same for everyone? Then it's three. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. It... Okay, the mental image. That's... 
I want I want to see that. I never Beautiful. thought that my HP was gonna go above fifty this game. But here we go. Oh boy. Wait, does that go to I'm sorry, did that go to our max or our like life HP? Th that goes to our life HP. Okay, alright. I was like, wait a minute, am I gonna be at ninety? Alas. Yeah. I have wait a minute, you guys. I've got sixty nine hit points right now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm so jealous. You love to see it. Uh, so that's a, a, a so that's like an additional what, sixteen points mm -hmm. between Earth and Deer and Amity. So not yes. exactly. Uh, it's thirteen temp plus three real. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Once the group sorted, Earth stands cracking his back. Oh fuck. Well, we gotta get moving. Y'all wanted to try and get that heart, right? Head up that passageway and destroy that thing? I think it's our next best plan. He can't go back to his coffin, so I feel like we take away the next thing and then... From there, if we kill him, we kill him. Exactly. I think it'll be the yeah. easiest way to get finality. Yeah, and thanks to Amity, we know where all the cool magic items and stuff are, so we can make some stops to get whatever he's got hiding. Although you do wonder why he's not using all this stuff. You'd think he'd, like, be weighed down with it. Well, with all due respect, I don't want to turn this into a treasure hunt. I mean, no. the more time we spend fucking around and diddling around and trying to find Easter eggs and shit. No, no, me neither. But if there's stuff on the way and it'll be like a two minute diversion, I don't see the point in not grabbing power while we got it. Like, what's Easter? Uh, it's like a fertility holiday, I think. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm with you. Let's. I just do remember that the tunnel we're going into has a trap in the middle. <sighs> right. How are we gonna? So there's a trap door leading down. Are we just gonna try to jump over it? We got a rowboat. I was gonna say that seemed to work pretty well last time. I'll need yeah. your help carrying it, but. Go, right, let's, I can't fucking believe you're about to get this much mileage out of that goddamn rowboat. We will continue to get mileage out of the goddamn rowboat, Dragon. Just you watch. I look forward to it. Just, so, uh, just uh, be mindful, you know, uh, that weird teleport thing. Uh, right, right, yeah, I don't want to end up in, back in the coffins. Wait, you don't want to end up back in the coffins? No. I don't want to end up back in the coffins. Yeah, and I saw what happened to you. I don't want that to happen to me, Metroid. I'm not stupid. Alright, alright. Just saying. No, no, fair. Let's go get the boat. We go get the boat. The boat has been got. We then go to that tunnel with our boat. <laughs> okay. You make your way toward the far side of the catacombs on the same side where you obtained the totally... It would be totally okay if he were alive to give it to you, enchanted plate armor. And therein, you find a tunnel cut into the pillar stone of Ravenloft itself. The surface is slick and its ceiling barely six feet high. Within, a lingering fog limits visibility to but a few feet. The surface of the stone door connecting it reads 
Herein lie the ones who walk the path of pain and torment. At this, Davian coughs and says, Right, you wanted a bloody spy, is that right? Yeah. Want me to make I... sure there's nothing nasty at the other end? Well, we know there's some nasty in the middle. If you could find the hinges or where the actual door is, that would be tremendously helpful. Though I can help you with that. I have a pretty good eye for that sort of thing. He frowns. Right. I mean, if we're looking to stay unobtrusive here, then what I can do is I can pull up my feathers and take a flap on down and come back here. Oh, please. One cry, one cry for all safe, two cries for not so much. Wait, 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 hold on, I got it. As Aerith reaches into his bag, which is still bulging from all the shit he's bought, and brings out a signal whistle. Here, just hang this around your neck, and then you can stick it in your beak. It'll be fine. It's real loud, don't worry. Um, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, into, you know, communication, uh, we can also, Amity starts ritual casting Rary's telepathic bond. I, I presume we could say you did that during the rest. Uh, I don't know if I can oh, ritual right. cast you, wild yeah, short rest. Correct. Ah, damn it. Oh, but I'd say it's easy enough to montage it if you'd like. Yeah. Boom. Okay. That also so, works. You cast Rary's telepathic bond, this time including Davian and excluding arbitrarily someone else. Kaz. Or not Kaz. Ah, uh, yes. Very fair. Yeah, good, he does yeah. not get to be in the group chat. It works out just a-okay. All right. So with that, Davian nods and says, All right. You bloody fuckers have better make sure to bring all my stuff along with you. And with that, he closes his eyes, and his form begins to shrink, sprouting black feathers, his lips coming together and extruding to form into a beak as black plumage bursts over his body, and then the entire cloak collapses, and out of the hood hops a little black raven, with old uh, mottled spots on some of its wings, a bit of grayness to one of its eyes, and it gives a, as it opens its beak, however, it gives a harsh almost scolding caw that is unmistakably Deviant Mordekov. Like an well, extra raspy caw. Exactly. It Lilson sounds like this raven chain smokes. Lilson carefully uh, just gathers up his fallen cloak and makes sure that nothing has fallen out. He gives you an appreciative nod and you hear in your thoughts, Alright, good. Hm, this is funny. I take it y'all can hear me? Yep. Alright then, I'll nip on down and I'll let you know if I see or anything funny. Thank you. And just to be clear, you want me to check out the floor or just see if there's any beasties in there? Ideally Check out the floor, it'll take me a while. Then then just check for beasties. We can check out the floor and we, we make sure we're not about to get mugged. Mm. Alright then. And with that, the raven caws quietly and flaps its wings, taking off and vanishes into the fog. A few moments pass, and a few more. A minute goes by. But soon thereafter, you hear the sound of flapping wings returning, and the raven reemerges, Davian settling down atop the stone door to the tunnel. But hey, it's a long tunnel. It's about, oh, I don't know, maybe 120 feet long. There's a bit of stairs going down at the other end, and they lead to a nice closed door, it looks like. No fucking clue what's on the other side. I oh, didn't spot anything. So, looks clear. Hey. Any of y'all happen to buy a ten-foot pole? I always hear that's good adventuring gear, but I forgot to get one. If you have a, uh, shorter pole, then... And then she summons her mage hand. 
could hold it out ten feet in front of us. Aerith reaches into his bag and pulls out a short stick. Yeah, that'll do. Thanks, Lawson. All right, we uh, we begin tapping on the floor. Yes, with the pole. in five foot squares. Mm-hmm. All right, as we draw Whoever's... the map of this dungeon. Yes, whoever is searching, give me a perception check, please. Is this not, like, uh, definitionally investigation? According to the exact text on page 84, this is a perception check. <laughs> wow. Okay. 22. You know, fair. Fair. We're closing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lovely. So, listen, around 55, 50 feet into the tunnel, as the... What is this, a quarter staff you're using? Uh, yeah, it's like half a quarter staff. No, half let's be real. It's a, it's a stick. He picked okay. up a stick. So using the stick, you feel it bump up against something a bit strange, and leaning down with your fingers, just having tuned your senses finely, you feel a strange seam in the stone floor. You think you might have found what you're looking for. The question is what you do next. Lillison stops and uh, points out the seam. I don't see the hinges, nor where the entire thing might be. That's good design. Do you see any corners? Do you see where it ends, at least? Do I see where it ends? Nope. The you can't see any further than around two to three feet due to the thick fog in the tunnel. Even with the sun sword. Fog, unfortunately, is not dissipated by sunlight. I'm afraid. You know what? That's weather is horrible, and I hate it. I mean, it's a very pretty fog. Like there's a white glowy mist, as little swirls of radiant, a <laughs> uh, little bit of a cloud around the sun sword. It's it's very aesthetically pleasing. You just can't see shit. Should we? Um... Put the rowboat there and see what see yep. what happens. Worst that happens, it falls in and sticks up the slide. And admittedly, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, maybe you just like push the rowboat all the way down. Yeah, then... yeah, let's do yeah. do that. Eve. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so you are you pushing me? the rowboat forward until something <laughs> happens, right? Yes. Let me check something real quick. Um, Until something happens, but we're not going to step past the seam in the floor. Yes. Okay. What she said. So you push the rowboat forward. It kind of grinds. You hear some vague creaking (laughs) as it pushes against the rugged stone floor of the tunnel. Like, this is a rough-hewn, relatively tunnel compared to the very clean flagstones that you've seen elsewhere in the catacombs, but... Just as you push it over the scene, you hear a faint creaking noise. And in that moment, you hear a click. And the floor abruptly falls away below the rowboat. Now, going off of what D&D Beyond is telling me, the rowboat is exactly 10 feet by 5 feet. Oh, And it's exactly 100 pounds. No! So as you watch... The rowboat just slowly groans, tilting on its side, and then slides horizontally down a dark chute, vanishing from sight. You hear a clicking sound as the trapdoor slowly begins tipping back up. 
And you hear a loud bang and a splashing sound from the <laughs> darkness below. <laughs> that is not ideal. <laughs> well, shit. Well, I mean, did we did we see at least how big the opening was? It seemed to be around... Based on how the rowboat fell into it, you couldn't see the entirety of the rowboat as it fell in, but it seems probably around 10 feet or so. It's your best guess. So if we get, like, a running jump, can we maybe clear it? One thing I haven't mentioned that I mentioned at the start, uh, when you first saw this tunnel, anyone who's over six feet tall, your heads, you are bowed. You're scraping the ceiling. Anyone below, you're feeling the walls pressing in the ceiling uh, actually intrusively low. You doubt you could get the kind of vertical clearance you need to actually jump over this thing by ten feet. So Amity's horns are just, like, scraping as she's walking. Oh, absolutely. Like, Amity is, like bent very slightly forward. It is not a pleasant walking experience. Air pulls up a finger. Give me a second. And he pulls another patch off the rope. This one for a 24 foot long wooden ladder. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the fucking divine <laughs> It's all here! The key to the module! It's all in Neferon's cloak! God, this is a worth thing of beauty. All right, you pull out the twenty, the patch. You yoink it into a twenty-foot ladder, and immediately, because the magic takes a moment to happen, one minute you're holding a patch. Now the, the next, sorry, let me slow down. The next, it's it springs outward into a long, uh, lovely mahogany twenty-foot wooden ladder that actually foot. twenty-four foot that pushes like slams Ismark very slightly in the gut, and then extrudes forward into the fog, vanishing. And you realize also that it's very heavy. Ow, ow, ow. Oh, fuck, no. Fuck, 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 fuck. He sets it down on the floor with a clatter. Well, the good news is, if we brace this on both sides of the pit, it should sustain our weight if we cross one at a time. If, um... If the pit is less across than this, which I sincerely hope it is. Well, one way or another, we'll find out. I'll, be, I'll volunteer to be first if y'all don't want to go on a water slide of death. Well, if we do go on a water slide of death, at least there's a rowboat down there now. Point. We can swim. As Aerith adjusts the ladder with great difficulty and then starts crawling across it. As you do, I'm just going to briefly make a mental note because now I need to remember, should you ever find the other side of that chute, that there's just a rowboat there now. Yes. Yeah, so we okay. just, like, float around. Yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. It goes to some underground lake or something. Lovely. You're able to push forward the ladder and wedge it into place comfortably, bracing it against... You eventually hear a bit of a clacking sound as it impacts the far side and you push it forward a few more feet testing it. It seems of reasonably good quality. You feel like if you cross one by one, you should be able to get to the other side without any particular hang-ups. Earth will cross to test. Looking down, you can see, well, not see anything as the trapdoor is closed, but you can kind of remember that dark yawning gap that led down into the chute below. You almost think you can hear the splashing but no, it's surely just an illusion or a trick of the mind. And after a few moments, 
of careful passing over top of the ladder, you arrive on the far side and dismount, finding the floor comfortably secure and stable beneath your feet. All right, folks, come on over. Should be safe. Yep, walk over. Or crawl over. It isn't particularly dignified, but one by one, as you choose, you're able to cross the ladder and join Erthrandir on the opposite side. You know what? Neither is Metreon, so it's fine. Amen, sister. Altogether, with the raven's wings bringing up the rear behind you, you cross the pit, or shoot, or whatever it may be, and turn your heads forward into the fog and the far end of the tunnel that you have entered. And as you do, first off, are you... I'm guessing you're leaving the ladder here? Yes! Okay. So, abandoning your poor ladder to its fate in these dark tunnels below the mountain, you turn ahead. We'll come back for you, ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, honestly, mahogany? That's a good fucking ladder. Looking ahead through the fog, as you hear your footsteps echo muffledly in the dank, enclosed space, you hear something strange, a curious object drifting into view as though held aloft by an invisible force, a silver goblet filled to the brim with wine. Amity, do you currently have Detect Magic active? Alas, I do not. Okay, good to know. Yeah, there's a point where Metreon, uh, his nose starts to twitch, uh, and you could see that there's this like moment of recognition, almost as if he might start floating towards the, uh, towards the wine, kind of like Kiva, in cartoons. <laughs> when she smells it, she immediately like sidebars him with her arm and is just like, "Wait, we don't know what that is yet." Well, I don't know what it is. Can can Kiva use her magic awareness? So, let me. What is the exact text of it? As an action, you can open your awareness to the presence of concentrated magic until the end of your next turn. You know the location of any spell or magic item within sixty feet of you that isn't behind total cover. When you sense a spell, you learn which school of magic it belongs to. Okay, I would say yes. You can use your magic awareness if you'd like. Incredible. Okay, you open your arcane senses and immediately in this kind of fuzzy space, now offset even slightly and brought into further distinction by your blind sight, you see a strange flickering greenish aura, vaguely in a somewhat amorphous shape in the area around encircling the goblet. It's not the goblet itself, but some sort of magical force seems to be holding it. Ooh, okay. Does she know what school it belongs to? It is Conjuration. So Kiva will look at her more magically inclined uh, party members and say it's uh, Conjuration magic? Huh. That's summoning, usually. Stuff like Invisible Servants. So, does that mean that if we touch it, that it would summon something to us? Nah, it's more like it's 
a created entity of its own. That's what's carrying the wand. Hmm. I guess it makes sense that Strahd would have... That's a very basic spell, I guess. I mean, it's not like anyone around here is doing house cleaning, so I it would make sense that he's drafted servants like that. But down here, and all of a sudden bringing us wine, does that mean... Oh, no, that might just be are? that might just be him trying to kill us. I don't know. I vote we ignore it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I... he wants to torture me, I'm going to torture him, and uh, Metreon will uh, tear his face off and return to his Sergei face. <sighs> Darling, you've the, never looked better. How dare you? The bobbing, hovering glass of wine seems unaffected by your sudden transformation. However, it does bobble its way a few inches, drifting in the air towards you. Damn. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, should, oh, God. Oh, God. We should all stand aside and see whether it goes uh, somewhere in particular. Yeah. Let's do that. Kiva reluctantly releases her arm for Metreon's chest and just gives him a look like, please, please be smart. Please. <laughs> yeah, Metreon will stand aside with the others just to see if it like actually comes to him. Okay. There's a brief moment where the goblet sort of hovers in place. It drifts to one side as though being proffered toward Kiva, drifts to another as if being proffered toward Irina, and then just kind of sags a bit. Kiva, the shape almost looks kind of slumped and then starts drifting forward through the tunnel, vanishing into the fog. You know, I'd almost feel bad because it, it sort of looked disappointed, but uh, then I remember who sent it and I'm actually kind of pleased. I mean, I'm a little offended it didn't start for me. I mean, if anyone wants to wine, it should be me. I mean, yeah. Perhaps it knew you were an easy target. Uh, maybe. Maybe he likes a bit more sport. Um, uh, I... Do we hear the sound of the trapdoor opening? You do not. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Just hear a clattering of a cup, like... <laughs> 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 oh, no, it used the ladder to, to walk across, so it's fine. Alright. Shall we get moving, then? Yep. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Very good. You proceed forward, then, another 20, 30, 40 feet, until you come to a right-hand turn, a corner, a set of stone stairs leading down, and at the end, as Davian had described, a closed wooden door. Let's open it. And open it you shall. This room is 30 feet square, rising to a 20-foot-tall flat ceiling. A stone brazier burns fiercely in the center of the room, but its tall white flame produces no heat. The rim of the brazier is carved with seven cup-shaped indentations spaced evenly around the circumference and within each indentation. A spherical stone, twice the diameter of a human eyeball and made of a colored crystal. No two stones, you note, are the same color. Overhead, a wood-framed hourglass as tall and wide as a dwarf hangs ten feet 
above the brazier, suspended from the ceiling by thick iron chains. All the sand is stuck in the upper portion of the hourglass, seemingly unable to run down into the bottom. Written in glowing script on the base of the hourglass is a verse written in common. Two nine-foot-tall iron statues of knights on horseback, poised to charge with swords drawn, stand in deep alcoves facing one another. The brazier sits between them. Three other doors lead forth from this chamber, one to your left, on the same wall from which you entered, one to the right, on the same wall from which you entered, and one on the opposite side, leading away. Kiva takes a little step closer to read the, the verse and look at the stones. The stones, you see, are a number of different colors. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. The verse reads as follows. Cast a stone into the fire. Violet leads to the mountain spire. Orange to the castle's peak. Red, if lore is what you seek. Green to where the coffins hide. Indigo to the master's bride. Blue to ancient magic's womb. Yellow to the master's tomb. Wait a sec. I mean, there's those, those locations. I mean, this has to be somewhere he gets around, right? It would make sense to have some sort of expedited travel system for a castle this large. But why leave a clue to where it's going if he knows how to use it? Excellent question. I mean, I feel like that's obviously like a trap I mean, thing, right? Like, I feel like... <laughs> why, why give any of the crypts, like, why leave magic items in them? Well, I mean, that that makes a little more sense to me, just because, like, if you're going to store treasure, what better way to prevent other people from getting it? But this feels like this was designed for people like us to get fucked. Perhaps he's not the only one who uses this. I mean, you make a point. I mean, if anyone here is using it, they live here anyway, they, you'd assume they'd remember the code. But, I mean, maybe he's just old, he doesn't remember it all the time. You know, maybe he forgets things. Yeah. Does Kiva remember if in the coffin room there was something that seemed like it would be a mate to this? Which coffin room? Do you mean the one below the catacombs? Strahd's coffin room, yeah. Uh, no, nothing that you saw. Okay, so she's knocking off green to where she thinks it would have gone. Well. So what would be the goal then to, to set this off? I mean... If you think it's a trap, what, like, what, what, what's the result? You know, if, if one of these takes us to the peak where, I mean, that's where the heart is, right? If we, t if we you know, took it to the peak, you think it'd, you know, take us, you know, on top of the peak, maybe like drop us on the roof and then make us fall to our deaths? Or, you know, if, if I were doing this, I would just have whatever stone you threw in trigger a disintegrate spell. Yeah, I mean, this could all just be exactly just a just a fool, so no matter what we do, it's the same outcome. 
If I had something like this, I would make two or three of them useful, and then the rest of them kill you. Right. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a devious. Look at all you people are morbid. We, where do you think we've spent the last month, Metreon? In fucking happy sunshine land. This is Serena and not Kiva, but I am so struck with the urge for all of us to take a stone and I throw know. it in and split <laughs> up. It's like it's all consuming. It is I, all it, consuming it, it is only right now. I really know is. where these go. Please ignore the inner goblin, I beg of you. Yeah, themselves. ignore the inner DM. Who's... I, I want to do it. I want to yeet across the map. I'm like, let's split the party, but like, really split the party. Yeah, let's really take it there. <laughs> We're gonna do it, you know, go big or not go home. Um, go to the Emperor Temple. Kiva, do you, or does anybody actually sense magic around any of this? Well, I think, I think my thing is still active. Is it for one minute? Let me look. Uh, until the end of your next turn. Uh. Um. I mean, we just, we got here from the, I don't know what turns are like when you're not in combat, so. Yeah, unfortunately, turns are only six seconds long. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I have one more use. I can use it again. I'd say save that. I mean, it's oh, up to you. Oh, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, do wait it, a do minute. Do. I've got divine sense, which is like evil, but... No, that's not the right thing. Never mind. I, I mean, I think it goes... It's long rest. Okay. I'm sort of torn, because I feel like this is important to try to figure out. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I think we should do it. Because this is a really big unknown. She'll Fire use away. it. Alright. You open your magic awareness, and you see a blazing green flame, an aura of powerful magic surrounding the hourglass, the brazier, the stones. It is clearly strong conjuration magic. And it's all, con it's all the same, like, connected? Like, the hourglass is part of it? Correct. It's okay. all part of it. Alright, alright. Um, Kiva will explain again uh, conjuration magic. Uh, it seems to be all one sort of magical mechanism. It's all connected. So there is a chance that this does exactly what it says? Yeah, I guess so. We'd probably sense, like, evocation magic if this were a real trap. Is there anything in our notes from Rehardin about what these might mean? Mm, not that I remember. He gave us a lot of information, but not about this. Amity, do you remember anything? Amity leafs through uh, her notes. Her fucking um, file it's, folder. It's just uh, a powerful magic item. Sadly, we didn't specify uh, what it does. But I mean, if it just goes in the castle, right? Like, what would that save? Three exactly. flights of stairs? Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. It has to lead outside of the castle. Metreon picks up the orange gem just to kind of take a look at it. And, uh, like, he holds it over the fire, just considering its location. Doesn't put it into the brazier, but just is sort of examining its clarity, just kind of, like, contemplating whether or not it's worth it. It's a lovely-looking gemstone. It's got a nice shimmer, a bit of luminescence as the firelight glints off of its surface. 
You can actually see a little bit of your own reflection glinting off of one of the facets. Sergei's reflection. Yes. Indeed. Uh, well, I mean, we could risk it or we can't. I mean, oh, Aerith has a horrible, horrible thought. And he looks down at one of the patches on his robe. Okay, so there is a way we can test this, but it's a little, uh, unethical. How unethical? How do y'all feel about dogs? Oh, that's cruel. I like it. It is. You wouldn't do that to Truffle. I would... I no, almost I mean, he did, did want to kill. I did. I almost so, did that to Truffle. I'd rather you didn't... Uh, yeah, yeah, me. fair. I don't really want to do that either. Regardless, I think whether or not we use this, we need to take the stones with us when we leave. Right. To Shit. make sure that no no um, snarky little bitch vampire can try to escape using them. Works for me. That is very small. Yeah, alright, let's stick the stones in a bag and then one of these doors leads up, right? I certainly hope so. Shall we consult the map? Let's consult the map. So... <laughs> do it. What do Dag! you do? Do it! <laughs> so I made a wisdom check. <laughs> okay. I got a four. <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. So Metreon, looking at the gem, shrugs and tosses into the brazier. Uh... <laughs> Immediately, as you do, you watch the flame suddenly flare up, bursting as it changes from white. You said the orange stone? The Yeah, the, the one that's supposed to go to the tower's peak, or gotcha. the, the castle's peak. You watch as the flame turns a brilliant, deep orange, and you watch the hourglass, the sand begins running out as the stone vanishes into the flames. It's a timer. I guess Metreon, to make sure it what did stay you? On. Uh, I'm sorry, I just. Uh, it, uh, I started. Wilson starts grabbing the other gems. Yeah, yeah. One third of the sand has run out of the timer. I suggest we back away from it. Alright, fine. I'm sorry. I just thought we might be. No, no, no. It's. There's no way to, like, look through it and see something, right? You know what I mean? Like a portal nope. to the other side. You just okay. see fire. Two thirds of the sand has run out. This animation, by the way, stunning. Brought to you yeah, by Benio's Battle Maps on Patreon. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like so gorgeous. It's I want it to really be good. my desktop wallpaper. Yeah, it has to be animated, though. The final grains of sand are running out. Are you just going to let them expire? I, I, uh, uh, what do we do? Do we shoot it? Do we just, just leave it? it? Leave it. Let's see what happens. In like in character, I I think Lillison would want to like get everybody away, but I am very curious to see what's going on. So, yeah, I Kiva's gonna take a step back, but keep the sun sword drawn in front of her, almost like she's waiting for something else to come out of it. You know what I mean? Okay, stepping back, stealing yourselves, you watch as the swirling torrent of enchanted flame rages, the final grains of sand drifting down, and then that blink in that instant. The top bell of the hourglass is empty, all of the sand in the bottom, and then the flame flickers, searing, and burns down 
to its original white, and with a small pop, the orange stone appears in its original bowl. That's a lot of nothing. Do all of the stones do that when Lillison removes them? Nothing happens when Lillison removes them. As far as you could tell, it only happened when the stone When they're consumed. The okay. All right. Yes. Good to know. Okay. So it's a time teleport system. Interesting. Okay. At, at this point, I think we either try it or we take the stones and leave. I don't feel good staying in here because presumably if this is an in, in then it's also an out and Strahd might blip in here to get, I don't know. Did Ez explain how the brazier worked at the Abbey? I can't remember if she did or not. I don't think she so, did. No. no. no? What, Esmeralda, okay. what Esmeralda told you uh, from the Abbey is that what she saw was that there, and, and if you want to have a brief moment of recollection, uh, yes, she I saw an, a bright flash of indigo light, and soon thereafter, Strahd and his ghouls emerged from one of the upper floors of the Abbey's wing. I mean, okay, so then... Maybe I'm not the smart person to figure this one out <laughs> in game. Um, but I think it's fair to assume that if we're all recollecting that, we can at least knock out where we know Indigo goes. Well, also to them, did Lillison see Strahd disappear in green light when she was <gasps> at the coffin? Right. I did not see anything. Oh, okay. okay. Correct. Strahd just appeared through the window. Okay. But I think... I think... I I don't know, I'm not the DM, so I'm not going to make that call. Actually, no, Strahd didn't come here through the window. Strahd came from upstairs. I mean, as you saw the, the flash here in the go light, I mean, if he was able to bring himself in a bunch of ghoulies, maybe, maybe you know, this is, it's just not, it, it can be for multiple people. No, maybe, maybe we can all fit in it. She nods. Looking thoughtful. I imagine that would be a reasonable deduction. I think the thing that perplexes me is that, well, it would make perfect sense for any of us to be able to scramble through if we were to do so. Um, it seems to remain active for a time, and as far as we know, we have no reason to believe that entering the flames while the sand is running out would cause the spell effect to end prematurely. My greater concern is that Indigo to the Master's Bride. Surely. Zarevich does not consider the abbot's creation to be his proper bride, which means that whoever wrote this poem has some sort of strange sense of humor. So if we are going to go through any of these portals, we should have a very strong sense of confidence about where we're going. Agreed. That's sick. Yeah, you got a point. Thank you for being the voice of reason. Voice. Okay. All right. In that case, should we just take the gems with us? This is a good place to run back to. Like, if we chase them, we really I need think to get right, out. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. We can just be anywhere. That's brilliant. All right. Yeah, let's grab the gems and let's move on. You hear yeah. in the back of your minds, right, if that's the case, then you might as well choose your escape plan now, because if what the lady says is true, then we're not going to have any fucking clue where to go if we've got only three seconds to decide. So, if we need an escape route, what's it going to be? I mean, we know the Indigo goes to the Abbey. To the Abbey, and yeah. as far as we remember, the Abbot was on good terms with us. We still have those resurrections, so I think that's the safest place to go. Seems like a good bet. Air. Mitch, control a pocket his orange gem. Yep. 
If we take all of the gems, and then we use one, and that's the only gem that reappears, then whoever's chasing us will know exactly where we went. God damn it. Lilson starts putting a few back. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah. Alright. Metreon tosses the orange gem in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> he right. knows that it but yeah. he just likes the pretty lights. Mm -hmm. so we'll there take, are pretty lights. We'll take a few with us and leave a few as decoys. All right. Uh, uh, the ones we leave, put them at the edges of the... So that if they reappear, we can see if they've moved. Ooh, good idea. All right, Lillison is going to pocket indigo and, let's say, red. Of course, the lore stone. Of course. Lore. Yeah. And blue. Okay. Earth is going to take a look at these three doors, and if none of them are locked, he's going to peek behind them. All right. Um, you do have a map leading, uh, showing you which which one where each one leads. Oh, I'd right. like to reference that. I would love to reference that. Excellent. It, it, so map, 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 map. Should I just pull up the Ravenloft map? <laughs> the left door, according to your crude drawings obtained from the Dybbuk, appears to lead to a long staircase that ascends to the basement floor of the castle, emerging into what's been labeled as the Chamberlain's office. The central door is where you just came from. The right door appears to lead up a long staircase that emerges at the third floor study. The door on the far side appears to lead down into a large room that connects to other chambers marked dungeons. Okay. So we need to head up, right? For the cat, for the tower, for this heart. So it seems to me we either need to go to this Chamberlain's office or head up to the study. Maybe we can find even more clues in in Rahadin's office. I mean, right. Works for me. Uh, who do we want to lead the way? I'll do it. I want to see what that fucker was up to. All right, Keeble will follow behind Erthendir. Metron will stay uh, in the back towards with uh, Irina. And to make sure I'm remembering correctly, DM, were we warned? We were warned about something in the Chamberlain's office, were we not? Or am I misremembering that? Uh, if you have it in your notes, then you were. If not, then not. I do have it in my notes. Checking right now. Y'all take notes, right? Yeah. I had, I literally had 13 pages of notes from last session. Whoa. I only have one page, and if we were warned about something on my page, I failed to write it. In that case, we'll proceed like we haven't been. That's fine. It is hard to remember. Thank you for your patience, audience. We love you. <laughs> Just to confirm, what is our current marching order? Uh, Erthendir is up first. Lillison will go second. Uh, Kiva will take up the middle. Amity next. Uh, Metreon and Irina are going to be in the back. 
Okay. Uh, it is I found a... the note, by the way, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Did it? Did it warn us or no? Yes. Okay. Oh, excellent. A demon in the walls. <laughs> oh well, that there you go. That all right? That's our answer. There Does you that go. change our plan though? That just means we got re- got to get ready for a brawl. I mean, so did he mention the study? He yes. did as yes, a location of some cool shit. Secret yeah. doors in the stu- in the study somewhere. Hey, we I thought do- we let's do that one first. Yeah, let's maybe just go do that because like he didn't me- like he didn't mention any, any dangers in there, and I feel like. You know, if, if there was any information, we got it from Rahadin himself. Then yeah, let's hit the study. And lead okay. the demon to his demons. The study you shall hit. Opening the door, you see beyond it a dark spiral staircase that climbs into the shadows. Will you ascend? Yes. Sure. Yes. We, we are getting okay. so fit. <laughs> Very well. You pass down into the darkness and begin ascending the staircase, leaving the warm, roaring brazier behind, the torchlight vanishing into the darkness, but the sun sword illuminating the path forward along with your own dark vision as you begin the climb up above. You climb 10 feet, 20, 40, But as you do, you hear footsteps, voices echoing from the darkness of the stairs above. You hear a loud clamor suddenly fill the unhallowed stairway of Ravenloft. Cries of, kill the vampire, mixed with bold voices shouting, never again, and to the crypts. Wait, what the fuck? You hear that, right? I can't not hear it. What the fuck? Do you think the footsteps are is... clattering closer? Do you think perhaps this is an illusion or a memory? Could be. Either way, I think we need to be ready for it. As Aerith gets into a ready stance, his sword held at his side. Same, same. Metron looks back at, uh, like, Irina and Ismark and Davian. Any other voices sound familiar to They shake their heads. Although, Ismark frowns. Perhaps one of them might... I'm not sure it's hard to tell from. What is it? It sounds like... Mir, but that's... And with that, the footsteps make their final approach. And rounding the corner, you see a trio of somewhat mangy-looking villagers. They, In each of their hands, they brandish torches and pitchforks, the spitting firelight throwing up sparks that illuminate the stairway around them. However, at the sight of you, they immediately halt to a screaming stop, their wide eyes gasps filling the space. One of them, a tall, balded man with a short goatee, wearing a long, brownish-gray tunic. Izzy with wide eyes. Magda, do you see what I see? Could it be? And beside him, a woman with long hair, uh, 
tied up into two dark buns on the sides of her head, sallow skin and eyes narrowed at you. Yes, I think this might be. Perhaps illusions of the vampire. And the third one, who's a man with a balding pate and kind of fuzzy, stringy hair on either side and a bushy beard that goes down past the white furred cloak he wears, says, No, you f- fools, if unless this vampire's magic, that's that's Ismok the Lesser, if I've ever mocked my days. You hear a groan from Ismark. Uh, hello. Evening. How did you all get in here? The man at the front puffs out his chest, looking somewhat proud. We have entered, trespassed the vampire's castle. It is time that he, the monster faces justice. For too long, our village has suffered under him. Yes, yes, I agree with you, but how did you get in here? Oh, we walked in the front door. I will? That's an option? They kind of exchange glances and shrug, and the woman says, You do not seem like vampiric illusions. I mean... Well, neither do you, but... Alright, you know what? Sure. Sure. Wonderful. Um, hi. My name's Deer. These are my friends. We're here. We're not friends of the vampire, and I presume y'all are not friends of the vampire. Y'all should probably not be here. The taller man snorts, We should absolutely be here. We have every light to defend our land. And it is Ismark size. Yes, I thought I recognized your voice, Darazin and Magna. Magda, I did not think uh, it was you, but now that I think of it, there was a resemblance. I think I would echo my friend, Ertrandir, here. It is most unwise. I'm not sure how you have made it to this point, but the castle is dark this day. It is it's full of dangers. It would be safer for you to, at the very least, remain quiet. And perhaps consider returning to the village if you are able. Uh, I mean, it. maybe some of them can help us, right? Are, are any of you capable fighters? All of them shout at once, brandishing their pitchforks and torches, and the man in the back uh, with the sort of bushy beard says, As the morning lord with my witness, yes, we have come this far, we shall not turn back now. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, but clearly, so- if you are... Intruders upon the vampire's castle. Are you not his enemies as well? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you want to join us, you know, more the merrier, right? The tall man nods. Excellent. Then, if that be the case, then we shall venture with you together. Friendless. And find the justice that our nation deserves. Just to be clear, if you took, like, a, a fireball to the face, would you be okay? How do we... How do I ask how good they are at fighting? I don't know, do a practice spar against one of us or something, because I, I don't want to take you with us and then you just all explode, that would be bad. What's, what's your passive perception? Uh, I don't know, pretty low, like a nine, a uh, 10 of jack of all trades counts, which I have no idea if that counts for passive. All right, with a 10 and given your experience, this is a, this seems more, their display of force seems a little ridiculous. It, it's not exactly, you don't feel really feel threatened by them, and you pro, don't think Strahd probably would either. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, try to, I'm actually going to uh, sneak attack this. <laughs> I'm going to try and knock out the guy who called Ismark the lesser. All right, so you're actually attacking this guy? Yes, sneak attack, but non-lethal. 
Okay, if you're doing that, then I'm going to need everyone to roll initiative, because this will initiate combat. Oh, it will? Okay, I won't then. Unless yeah, everybody wants to they, kill them. They no, can see I you. You're right not. in front of them. Okay. Uh, um, wait, we, we can't just tell them to go back. We learned that one of the greatest traps in this castle is trying to leave by the main entrance, and we don't know of any other exits. Oh, son of a bitch. You hear... Oh, uh, no, wait, we... Oh, no, we don't. Unless you can climb a very long rope. Go on. Nope. Uh, proceed. Okay. So, uh... Aerith is going to try the most radical of approaches. Honesty. Alright. So, here's the situation. We're also here to do what you want to do. But... Do not take this as an affront, do not take this as an insult, do not take me, this as me insulting your will or your masculinity or whatever it is. If y'all, if we do not need, if y'all cannot deal with Strahd's foul magics, then you may get us, you traveling with us may get us killed. Now I don't want that, and you don't want that. So I can see a few options. One... You come with us, but you stay quiet and you stay out of combat for the time being. Or two, we tell you about a safe place in the tombs that y'all can stay for a bit. Because, frankly, I... God, we appreciate the valor, but I also do not want your deaths on my conscience. The taller man steps forward and gravely puts a hand on your shoulder, meeting your eyes. My friend, I appreciate your concern. And then he raises his pitchfork and torch high. But it is our drive for justice that fuels us today. We shall see that. that vampire cast down. If you wish, we may take up a strike force, perhaps, and we will accompany you at your side. Earth looks back at the others with an expression like, God help me. Listen, they want to do what they're going to do, right? Uh, it's not on us, it's on them. So, Over listen. the telepathic bond, he, he hisses, They make so... They're going to get us murdered. They're going to yeah. get as soon themselves as you, as murdered. As soon as, as soon as you say that, you hear oh, no, uh, uh, Magna turn around. It's over the telepath. No, I know, I know. But but coincidentally, as soon as you say that for comedic effect, Magda turns around and kind of shrieks, What do we seek? The vampire's death. Who do we seek it for? The good people of Barovia. And then they just kind of roar incoherently. All right. Um, we have a couple of options here, and she's saying this telepathically. We knock them all out or we just let them be a nice distraction while we work i hate to sound so blunt but like these guys aren't going to listen to us i mean if i'm going to be grim and no offense to you and your people arena is mark but if uh if they take more hits than we do it's a little bit off our shoulders so to speak they want to be here uh, um and they clearly aren't going to be dissuaded don't have the right to tell them now. We can tell them to be quieter, though. Ismark, maybe, maybe you and Arena can convince them of something. But Ismark closes his eyes. Nimir is stone-headed at best, and as long as Magna is convinced of what she's doing, the other two will follow whatever she says. I could certainly try, but I. If they have come this far, and I have no idea how they came this far, I do not think that convincing them to 
keep their lips shut would be particularly easy nor even effective if we could manage it. Oh no. <laughs> I think we... our decision is clear. Do we? I would prefer them to remain safe. If we can. Is he part of the telepathic bond? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's saying this over the bond, and, and in the meantime, the three of them are basically giving each other a little pep rally. Like, they're, they're happily talking amongst themselves about, you know, how glorious it will be when the vampire is destroyed. And as Mark is just watching them quietly and saying, Look, they are my people, they are my father's citizens, but... I think that if we could find some way of misleading them, perhaps, to make them think that they are doing something of great import that will put them someplace of no danger, then... That will free us up to do our work and ensure that they are not harmed. I hate this. How would you like... Oh, okay, maybe we should tell them, oh, telepathically, to, to guard the, the room with all the gems in it. Um, because the vampire might escape that way. DM, may I, may I ask right. an out-of-character question? Always. This is a thing where where the book text means we cannot actually do much here, right? You, I will say that at a mere glance, you get the sense that you're probably not going to like like these are people like giving strong political rally vibes. They are right. hyped. The fuck here's a, here's another question then, and this is out of character to everybody. Um... Do we want them along with us? It would be I'm going to say no. We I'm going to say no, practically, yeah. No, we really do not. All right. So, in character, uh, Mitron steps away back towards... Uh, who was the one that was, like, the, the kind of uh, the core of this group? Was it uh, Magda? The one who was, like... Uh, so, Namir's the tall one who's been speaking the most, but he keeps looking toward Magda as if attempting to, you know, get a sense of what she's feeling. So, you think either Namir or Magna or Magda. Uh, so Magna, uh, so Metreon, uh, still in Sergei's uh, guise, uh, will walk up to Magda and uh, look at her and take her hand. This is enough. This is this is a dangerous game that you free are playing, and uh, I wouldn't want no blood on our hands, especially Ismark. Uh, I'm sure uh, you may find him to be lesser, but he's quite quite not that. Uh, at any rate. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's better that you stay quiet and uh, you know maybe even just stay down here, uh, stay in one of the crypts, one of the empty ones. Uh, and as I'm talking to her, trying to convince her to be quiet and stay away, I'm gonna cast her in person. Are you doing this subtly, or do you have any way of disguising it? Because you are very clearly casting a spell. Uh, well, I mean, uh, no, but. What are they gonna do? <laughs> Pop off? <laughs> like I, I'm just, I'm just telling you that if you do this, the other two will notice that you clearly just cast a spell on her. <sighs> um, Sorcerers are good. Yeah. Damn it. All right. Never mind. I rebuke that. All right. I'll get. It is rebuked. Stricken from the record. We could um, ask them to. Actually, I'm sorry. Not, not to interrupt you. Uh, can I just do like a straight persuasion roll then? Uh. At your words, unfortunately, I'm not going to allow it because Magna smiles and pats your head, looking incredibly patronizing. Do not worry, lad. We know what we came here for. The light of the Morning Lord is with us. I'm sorry, Kai, go is, ahead. 
do we perhaps wish to uh, spar one of them and conveniently leave them unconscious? That's, that's what, what I was thinking. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah, okay, then let's not do this in a stairway. It is really narrow, and I keep getting spider webs in my mouth. Let's head up to the study. There should be more room. I mean, look, I can do it right here, and they won't even know what hit them. Point taken. You hear a long need... sigh from Ismark. If you would, please, anything that would reduce the amount of political fault I have to deal with after this, assuming we make it out of this, would be preferable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, be yeah, yeah, yeah fair. All right. we'll, Kiva, we'll ask... Kiva can cast Compelled Duel for the first time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Strahd. Let's... let's get this. Let's cast it on these guys. <laughs> for political expediency, perhaps we should tell them that we're about to do this. And, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Erefendir smiles. <laughs> Their strongest warrior against ours. <laughs> Friends, thank you so much for joining us. Now... If you wouldn't mind, we need to make sure that... Well, not make sure. We need to see how you fight so we can synergize, make sure that we can work together when we take the vampire down. So would you be against a quick sparring match? Uh, Namir blinks looking slightly taken aback, but Magna immediately nods. She raises her pitchfork and steps forward. I will do my best to avoid injuring you too badly. Kiva she says steps this very forward. sagely and seriously. Kiva steps forward and just says, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Oh, God. And yeah, okay, no. so are you making your way back down to the brazier room? Or are you doing this here? Let, are you making your way to the let's study? Go, let's go to the study. All right. Knock him out and we'll leave him on the couch. He'll be fine. They'll wake up comfy and cozy in a study. <laughs> yeah, nice books. They probably don't know how to read, but it's fine. Okay, so with that, there's some rather awkward shuffling around. The staircase is around six to eight feet wide. It's not super broad, so you kind of have to squeeze and push your way around to rearrange yourselves into something suitably resembling a reasonable marching order. They look somewhat befuddled to be climbing the way back up there, but as they do, they kind of mumble amongst themselves, and then Darzan clears his throat and says, Yes, very good. Return to the taller towers of the castle. There our destinies shall be forged. And the other two shout and jeer and raise their torches and pitchforks with them. I'm obsessed with these guys. <laughs> Herthendir opens up a very small private line to Lillison via telepathic bond. You know how I've said there are no problems that mind control can solve? There are no read. I am beginning to come around to your way of thinking. I thought about it, and I decided these three are not worth that. They're, no. they're just they're just not. They're but, not. But yes, I uh, yes. I'm obsessed. That is all. Obsessed. That is all. Obsessed. Okay. Squeezing your way amongst the crowded stairway, you ascend making your way up another 10, 20 feet, until you arrive at a 40 foot long corridor that connects two spiral stairways, one leading up and the other descending into the depths of Castle Ravenloft from whence you came. Hanging from an iron rod bolted to the eastern wall is a dusty 10 foot square tapestry depicting knights on horseback charging across a battlefield under a blood red sky. 
The lead knight rides a black horse and wears a fur-lined black cloak, dark gray armor, and a visored helm shaped like a wolf's head. His sword glows with the light of the sun. Magna looks around and rolls her shoulders and says, Right then, we've got a little space here to work. Unless you'd prefer to continue going up. No, I think this will be fine. She steps forward, readying her pitchfork and giving you a very dark-looking nod. All right then, whenever you are ready. I'm glad to um, show off my stuff, as the kids put it these days. Kiva just looks back at the others and nods. <laughs> Aerith has, has his head in his hands. <laughs> All right, if you would not mind making a dexterity check, just a standard dexterity check to roll for initiative, and Magda will do the same. And for the hell of it, let's Ooh. put on some proper combat music. Magna deserves it. Yeah, I think she does. Alright, let's see how she does. Thirteen. Kiva, what'd you get? Uh, seven. Alright, Magda suddenly steps forward, pivoting with a... Not quite practice, but, you know... Moving exceptionally quickly, uh, and jabs her pitchfork toward you. She attacks with it. That is a three to hit. Uh, unfortunately, Kiva deftly sidesteps. Not even really moving, she just sort of, like, tilts her torso. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that is the end of Magda's turn. What will Kiva do? Uh, Kiva's just going to free action, telepathically tell the others... Uh, hope you don't mind if I make this quick. Uh, and she is going to recklessly attack twice with the sun sword. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. What's the to hit? Uh, 12. 12 will hit? That's 12 points of radiant damage. So question, are you doing this with the sword or are you doing it with like the hilt? So, cause you don't want, I assume you don't want like burn her or anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, with the hilt. Alright, so if that's the case, how much damage is that, did you say? Twelve. Twelve, okay. So I need you to, to describe for me exactly what sound it makes as you KO Magda from... Is it a clonk? Is it a bonk? Okay, what so... Is it a thud? A, my favorite video on the internet is of these two little boys, and one of them... Ha they're sitting in front of a pool, and one of them has an apple on his head, and the little brother has a base metal baseball bat. And uh, he's trying to do that age-old trick where he knocks the apple off the head. And the sound oh, no. that it makes when he hits him is just... Clunk. Um, so that is exactly what happens. Kiva takes one step forward, spins the sun sword around so that it's hilt first, and just sort of clocks her right in the center of the forehead. Um. Okay. <laughs> and I will say that because you're using the hilt... Um, well, you're doing it non-lethally. But just because you're using yes. health, I'm going to assume that this is just going to be an unarmed, an improvised weapon plus your strength mod, which thankfully will not deal sufficient massive damage to instantly kill her. I'd love that. Yes. Excellent. Delicious. So there, there is a clunk, and then Magda thunks to the ground. The torch and pitchfork roll across the floor with a clatter. Kiva, um returns to holding the sun sword properly and starts like looking at her fingernails. 
All right, who's next? Darzan and Amir look down at Magda's unconscious body, look up at Kiva, look down, look back up. You see that Darzan is very quietly sweating. Um, well, I, I, I... Perhaps you might require moral support? You know, moral support is great, waiting for us right here, so we know where to come back and find you, and she, like, winks. He nods very hurriedly. <laughs> yes, good, of course. We shall, we shall do so. Won't we, Mia? He says, yes, I, I, I think that should not be a problem. We're in the study, right? You are on, like, a, a 40-foot landing. There's, like, a beautiful tapestry, okay. another oh, set of stairs leading yet. up. Correct. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, wonderful. All right, then. Thank you, folks. All right, and you are easily able to push past them, if you would like, as they watch you with wide eyes... Darzan already leaning down to try to gently put Magda in a more manageable position and watch you as you vanish up into the shadows. Oh, yes, of the and um, leading away. if you see a cup of wine drifting by, uh, don't take it. Yeah. They just nod dumbly in your direction. <laughs> incredible, incredible series of events. <laughs> Love these guys. Okay. And with that, as you step forward, Lillison following suit with the rest of the group and the two conscious Barovians watching you go, that's where we're going to take our break. Woo! I was tempted to keep them with us and, like, use them as our pit finders and brassiere Literally testers. just uh, alive Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, they are people. We're going to treat them with the dignity of, of people. I mean, statistically speaking, at least two of them are probably soulless. That, that, that doesn't change things. Yeah, I feel like we had this moral dilemma when we were dealing with, uh, <laughs> with Bluto. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, excellent. Thank you all. It is damn good to be back. And we will pick it back up after a quick 15 minute break and we'll be right back. 